Welcome back to People Analytics. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton. Today I have with me Mary Dale, who is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Convivial Brands. Welcome, Mary. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. So let's get into it. Tell me who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Sure. So um, my name is obviously Mary Dale. I um, am the Chief Human Resources Officer for Convivial Brands. Um, The company is made up of five different organizations and companies, two that are wholesale, uh, one that is direct sales, a printing uh, business, and then we also have a small events venue uh, here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, The reason I got into really human resources was exploring my purpose in life and really finding Mm -hmm. that I wanted to help people and I wanted to make a difference in other people's lives and make sure that they were able to have successful futures, regardless of what ethnicity, background, age that they were. And so I found myself in human resources and leadership that I could really make a difference in those lives by the programs, by the cultures that um, I am able to help support in organizations. And so that's really my passion, which um, is why I'm in human resources leadership and, and what drives me every day is to see the people in the front line that by the little things that I do or that my team does, that we're really able to change lives um, both here in the workplace, but at home. So that's that's kind of my why. That's awesome. And that's really great to hear. You know, that's why you know, you're on here is because you are people focused. Um, and that's what we love. So tell me about GWC, because that's something that really guides your, you know, your people management experience, correct? Yes. So when we hire people, they have two things that they absolutely have to have. And one is the GWC. So do they get it? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity to do the job? The other side is, do they have our core values and do they subscribe to our core values? And for us within our organization, not only do they have to have both, but our core values trumps the GWC. So in our culture, you can get it and you can want it and you could have the capacity, not the bandwidth, but the knowledge, Mm -hmm. skills and ability to do the job. But if you don't subscribe to our core values, you can't be here. And so we mm. created a culture of really high accountability. Um, and we measure individuals on both areas um, when we look at their success within the organization. So tell me a little bit about those core values. Yeah. So our core values, um, we have three. And they're not just words on a wall, but they're integrated Mm -hmm. into our entire business and how we do things. And so we actually, a few years ago, with the help of our staff, um, surveyed them and and asked them who we are, because your core values can't be who you want to be, but who you Mm -hmm. are at your core. And so um, our CEO had went to a business summit and had come back and asked everybody, you know, who are we and what are our core values? And as he went through the pieces of paper, um, it, it screamed really loud the three areas within our organization um, that were 
who we were, who we are to our employees. And there were some close seconds. From there, mm-hmm. we took that information and we put it into a core value speech. And our core value speech is something that isn't necessarily published on a website. It's not something we share with vendors to get them to do business with it, but it's an internal document that we have actually integrated into our organization. It's read at all of our all staff meetings, our quarterly meetings. It's uh, read during an interview process. Um, It's actually, we've, during the great resignation, we actually extended our interview process where everybody Mm. else was shortening their process to get people in the door quicker. We actually extended our process and we have, we read the core values to potential candidates during that last and final interview. And we ask them how they feel um, about what they've heard, how they either align or don't align. And it's interesting. You have, we've had people cry. We've had Mm -hmm. people respond so grateful to have an organization that really not only uh, focuses and has core values, but they're integrated throughout the company's culture and how we develop our policies, our procedures, how we deal with situations, whether it's conflict or praise. And um, we also have people that say, you know what? Um, I don't think I can work in an organization Mm. that has that level of accountability. And so it weeds out a lot of individuals that while they may have the skill sets, they wouldn't um, fit here and they may not feel Mm. comfortable here. And you can only fake having core values or fitting within an organization for so long. Um, But what we have found is that it's been a great tool within our organization and um, it's helped actually increase employee satisfaction and reduce turnover. Awesome. Um, yeah. So during uh, the pandemic, when most people's turnover was quite high, we were able to maintain a 2% uh, turnover across our organization. Um, and we have W-2 employees at that time in 47 states. We have team members wow. in all 52, but um, W-2 employees in 47. And the way we were able to do it is making sure that who we hire subscribe to our core values first, um, and that they do have the GWC. And, and by doing that, it's really helped us um, gain some traction as an organization in helping our business grow. Um, we have found that, you know, a lot of older companies, um, especially like our design design that had been around for 30 years, you, you really have growth pretty quickly. And then it starts to plateau where you may gain some business, you might lose some business, but you maintain kind of a steady, there's not a huge growth um, climb. But what we have found that by implementing some of the EOS uh, model in our organization, it's and using analytics, it's really helped us gain new traction, even in those businesses that have been around a long time. So um, core values for us are a big deal. (laughs) That's really awesome. And what I love about it is that you have employee input, you know, you said surveyed the employees. And of course, you know, my ears perked up because it's just employee involvement is so important. So what was that, you know, how do you involve employees, you know, with those decision making uh, moments, like just determining those core values? Yeah, you know, I think asking people for their feedback, especially people who've helped build the business, they work in it every day. And, you know, as leaders, it's so so often we think we know um, our business and know how people feel about our business. But the 
reality is until you ask them, it's just a perception. And so, um, you know, it's no different than as as leaders or as individuals without asking others what they see in you. Um, you may think you know, um, but what what do what do I reflect as a leader? What do you think about me? And if there's things I don't like, whether it's as a leader or as an organization, that those are things that I have the opportunity to improve upon and focus on and create different you know, programs or policies to start to shift the culture um, the way that I want the culture to be. Um, but so far too often, people don't want to ask the questions because they're scared of having to respond to them, right? Um, and, and so it was really nice to see that when we asked team members who we who we are, it aligned closely with who we also wanted to be. Um, so it's great to see that both um, who we want to be and who we are, are what our employees experience here at Convivial Brands. That's awesome. So I want to go back to the lengthening of the interview process, um, because that is, like you mentioned, that's kind of the opposite of what a lot of companies did, you know, when the great resignation started picking up. So tell me about, you know, this decision making that led up to that. Um, Were you talking with leaders? Um, How did that come to play? Yeah. So, um, you know, as we went through the process, we invested um, in a program called EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Now, it isn't a software. Okay. So if you think about books like From Good to Great, it starts with um, why um, they are really great business books that are motivational and they get, but they don't tell you how to implement those things in your business. And so when we invested in the EOS model, one of the things was not only having a core value speech, but integrating that into um, your entire interview process. And, you know, I think a lot of HR people, when I tell them that we lengthened our interview process, and sometimes we even have multiple um, to go back and circle back on those core values, um, they're like, well, how how do you even hire anybody? Or how are you able to capture talent if you don't move quick enough? And then they say, well, the people who subscribe to our core values and are looking to not only find a job and, and have a paycheck, but want to be part of something bigger and want to enjoy the culture and come to work and be able to bring their whole self to work, we're able to provide that. And so if they want that and they're looking for that, then they're going to spend the extra time. If someone's going to rush through an interview process and pressure you to take a job, then you have to wonder what their culture is like on the inside. Yeah. And so we very much protect that. But um, it's interesting. At first, I got to be honest, I came from, from organizations that like to speed through the interview process mm-hmm. make an offer the same day, sometimes make an offer. And, you know, we spend less time on the back end dealing with employee relations issues, dealing with mm-hmm. having to re-recruit four positions because we're investing up front in finding the right person. And we would rather as an organization have a position vacant, even a key position, if it takes six months, then to hire the wrong person, mm-hmm. because we understand and know the impact that that's going to have yeah. on our culture, our turnover, etc. So um, it's, it's very uh, strategic in how we do it, when we do it, 
who's in the room. We always have it in person. Uh, We won't do it online. So if we have maybe an initial screening over Zoom or over Microsoft Teams, if we're going to go through core values, that is definitely in person because Mm -hmm. we want to see someone's initial reaction. But then once they go home and have had time to reflect, we actually ask them to write an entire response um, and in how they feel that the, our core values might align with theirs. And we do explain during that entire meeting, which is only focused on our culture and core values and, and the alignment um, and reading that speech to them. We do um, let them know that it's okay to not like our core values. It doesn't make you mm-hmm. mad. It doesn't, um, you know, you may have your own set of core values, but it just doesn't make you right for our business if if you're not comfortable with them. Yeah, I mean, you basically said it, it takes a long time to rehire. It's, you know, a bad hire costs time, money, resources. So that investment is so valuable up front. So uh, what have the hires been like, you know, since you implemented that lengthier process? Oh, it's really, we've had some fantastic team members um, who joined our organization. And I would say, you know, going through COVID, having two of our business be wholesale, where, you know, we're supplying to retailers that might have slowed down their purchasing or our merchandisers couldn't go into the stores. And so having to work with a skeleton crew and have people that could elevate and do two and three people's jobs for a short period of time, but for a time and not only do it successfully, but to have our organization come out stronger than the end than we were prior to the pandemic um, speaks to the quality of people and that core value alignment. Um, You know, I tell people in human resources, I spend more time thinking of ways to engage our employees, thinking of ways to support our employees, to provide education, to provide resources to make their lives better so that they can in turn do a better job here at work. Um, But it reduces the amount of time that we've spent having to have one-on-one conversations that are punitive. I mean, there's always coaching that happens and there are always people who might sneak through. Um, It's very few and far between the process, but interestingly enough, most of the time when you do hold people accountable and in a high accountability culture, and it's not always punitive, but you have some transparency um, in how you conduct your meetings, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But when you have that, people who don't subscribe or who tried to fake their way through it end up self-selecting themselves out. (laughs) You're not having to have some of those difficult conversations. So as leaders, we can focus more on the strategic growth, our vision and connecting our vision to our mission and infiltrating that in the organization versus our time being spent on constant people issues or people not getting along. There's always going to be some of that. We're not perfect. But when you can go back and pull your core values off the wall when there is a conflict and refer back to them, or when someone does something wonderful to say, you know, this is this is a perfect shining example of how you've exhibited our core values. Great job. Um, keep up the great work. And it's not just something that we in human resources, our CEO and founder, our shareholders, our entire executive team has bought into it. And so 
it's from the top down. And, and actually, our, I would say our CEO is the champion. Um, and, and I think that has what has really helped because it's not, he's not preaching something that he doesn't full, wholeheartedly believe. Um, and so when you have everybody on the leadership team who strongly believe in the core values, subscribe to the core values, and then hire team members that subscribe to the core values, you can really overcome any barrier that's in your way. So um, we've, it's been really fun watching how our organization has transformed and what we've been able to accomplish in the midst of, you know, difficult times for all businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't be more proud to be on a team like that, um, because you don't always see everybody buying into it. And that's what really, um, from the pickers and the packers to those who work in our printing, um, you know, in our distribution warehouse, those who work in our design team, those who work in marketing and in our venue, everybody um, is working towards those same goals and, and, you know, living out our core values each day. Yeah. And you mentioned that there are resources and support for employees. What are some examples uh, that employees get to uh, enjoy? Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple of things that's, that are really fun. Well, first I will talk um, a little bit just to circle back to mentioning that we have accountability and meetings, um, both positive um, accountability and obviously to hold people accountable sometimes when maybe they're not on track. But we have one of the tools that we've implemented is our L10. And our L10 is our leadership meetings uh, in each department. And how they work is each team member who, if you have a department, let's say, who comes to the meeting, um, the meetings are extremely structured. And how it, how it works is we start with good news, both professional and personal good news. Then we go over our rocks, which are our goals for the quarter. They're the things, if you think about a jar and that has rocks in it, and those are your goals, and you put water and sand, the water and sand, the, the little things that aren't your big goals for the quarter, can fill in between it without the container overflowing. But if you focus on those little things first, by putting the water and the sand in first, and then you try to put your rocks in, it overflows. You can't accomplish your goals. And so we talk about those things. Um, and we either, it's very structured. If you want to, you're either on track with the goal or you're off track. And if you want to talk about it, you have to drop it down. From there, we have customer and team headlines where team members are able to go over the things that are going on that are really brief updates. Um, and then after we give those updates, we have what we call IDS, identify, discuss, and solve. And so if there are issues that we call the issues list um, that they want to discuss, they will bring up the issue. And then the team has to vote on which issues get talked about first. Uh, the meetings are usually 90 minutes. They do not go over the 90 minutes. So there is a little bit of negotiation on whose topic is discussed first. And you're expected as a team member to come with, this is the issue, this is what I need from others or who I need to get involved, and a solve. And the solve could be something that's solved in that meeting, or we need to have an external meeting scheduled, and this person, that person, and somebody else needs to be involved. Then we go over the to-dos from the previous week. So those to-dos are like the meetings that had to be had, or the solve 
And each person has to either say done or not done. So if you as a team member show up to a meeting and you have not done what you pressures on to do, <laughs> you now have to explain it in front of all your team members. So when we talk about accountability, I'm telling you, when you have a a structured meeting where people aren't just really openly talking and not really accomplishing anything, and you're focused on the important goals, you're able to gain traction. People don't want to show up and disappoint people, or nor do they want to be held accountable publicly. Um, and so that keeps all of us on track and holding one another to the things that we say that we're going to do so that we can, as a team, accomplish things. And so by the end of the meeting, we use the last five minutes to rank the meeting. And so we, our goal out of those meetings is that every uh, meeting is a 10. And if it's not a 10, you have to explain why you rated it an eight, a seven, a six. And if it was people weren't on time or people went down a rabbit hole or people didn't, you know, we weren't um, in alignment with our core values, it gives people the opportunity, regardless of the role, to really hold everybody accountable to the standards and the, and the things that we have. Um, in addition to the L10, when we talk about tools or things that we've implemented, um, we have a robust I would say, um, homegrown employee engagement program. And out of our HR department, we write, handwrite a birthday card for every team member in the organization. Um, Because we do social expression products, every single team member gets a celebration kit with stuff to celebrate their birthday, journals, candles, fun things to celebrate them. And And the goal is to make sure that everybody feels celebrated and they're celebrated in the same way. There are some managers that are really good at, you know, holding, um, celebrating people. And there's others that, you know, may have never written a note. And so our goal is, is um, a leadership team is to make sure everybody gets recognized. If someone has a death, we send them a package to their home and it could be a love and light candle and maybe a journal or flowers. Um, but something is very, that's very personalized for that If we know that their grandpa was a gardener of roses, we might make sure that the card that we send has roses. We might even send them a rose bush to have in their own garden to celebrate that. And so we really take part of our core values is truly understanding the people that work here and really focusing on who they are and what they need to not only um, be successful, but to continue to feel supported by the organization. Um, We've brought in people uh, through our, you know, inclusion program from different socioeconomic backgrounds or 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds from the local schools whose parents may have never went to college. They don't know what they want to be and bringing them into a distribution warehouse and letting them learn and work in the areas that they legally can, um, but it, but to grow in areas whether they have a disability. Um, and what we have found from that is not only do our team members get the fulfillment of being able to help someone else, they're learning uh, from these young people. Um not the next generation, uh, a lot of times don't get tapped into. And quite frankly, there's some awesome human beings. They work hard. They show up. I mean, out of the 20, I would say 20 to 21 people we had at our warehouse throughout the last two years, many of them came back um, and throughout our organization, 
they actually, we saw people rise. We saw people grow. We had people tell us that they were told because of their disability, they'd never be able to hold a job. And they were top performers. So when you, when you think about the things in your organization and you think about inclusion and practicing your core values, people should see it. It shouldn't be and that's on a wall that impresses people or that's on your website. Um, it really has to be in your actions and, and what people experience in your organization. Um, you know, I think about some of our team members who don't speak English and how they experience our culture and how they're able to take breaks that aren't during the normal times to go and pray and making sure that they have those private spaces to do that and not feeling like we've created a situation where they feel different, but they're able to really be their whole self and do a great job without having to ask for some special exception for themselves. So we've really focused a lot of our tools and programming, both on accountability, but also on those recognition moments that matter most to people. The things where we find out that somebody had their best month ever, um, Maybe it's their best May for sales and they live in New York City and we find out about it, writing them a really nice note and sending them something to celebrate that. I think a lot of times those remote workers sometimes feel like there's no connection back to that corporate office or do they even know? Does anybody care? And I think that also contributes to building that successful culture and maintaining, um, you know, top level and top notch employees because in their darkest moments, we're there to walk alongside them. Yeah. And, you know, I keep thinking about how that culture of accountability, it has to be a safe enough culture where people feel comfortable, you know, speaking up if something's wrong or taking, um, accountability for their actions or, you know, standing up with the to-do list. Um, so how else do you create a safe um, environment for employees? Yeah, it, I think, you know, by having structure, um, I think it it helps people, you know, nobody's being nasty or calling people out in a inappropriate way, but by saying, okay, you know, this is what you committed to. Is it done or not done? There's nobody attacking. It's the structure of the meeting we've set up uh, for it to be a safe space for people to say, this is what we, I need from you. And if you didn't do it, um, you you can expect that that meeting, you're going to have to say you didn't do it. <laughs> have to. So people have a heads up. They know it's mm-hmm. the same structure every meeting. Nobody's ever, you're never going to be blindsided. Um, and so it gives people the opportunity if they didn't do something, um, sometimes there's a reason for it. It could be, you know what, I didn't get this done because I'm waiting on somebody else. And so my to-do out of this, I thought I could, but um, so-and-so, I need your team to get this to me by X date so that I cross this off my list. So it, it creates more a opportunity for teamwork, teamwork. It creates a safe space to have honest conversation about what you need from people. And you'd be surprised as as people know what the expectations are, they know what what's going to happen in those meetings. People get things done. I don't want to be called out in a meeting, so I for sure am 
make sure my to-do list is done. And if it's not done, I'm going to have a very good reason why it couldn't be done. And and our goal is to have 80% of our to-dos each week done, knowing that there are things that do come up um, that get in the way, but they can't get in the way each week um, because then we won't get our goals or our rocks, our most important, most critical things that if we want the company to move forward and gain traction done. So um, I think creating that. And then also I would say, you know, through our hiring practices, but those engagement practices um, is really, you know, building that sense of trust with people um, so much so that, you know, when someone has a baby, if it's in a non-traditional way, making sure they're celebrated, you know, having a culture where we actually have a dress for your day culture. We have people who wear shorts. We have people who wear, you know, it. it's interesting when you really allow people to bring their whole self to work. And I'm not saying if you don't like certain cultures that you can come and be nasty. It does, that does not align with our core values. Mm-hmm. But if you want to come and be who you are without fear of judgment, without fear of, you know, maybe giving an idea and someone attacking you because your idea, we've really created that environment where employees can dream big. They can be themselves. They, you know, some come in a suit and some, you know, may come in shorts and jeans and a, t- and a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. Um, you know, now you do have to dress for your day and your audience and who you're going to be around. But the reality is when you give people room to breathe and room to be honest, like, hey, I had, I'm, you know, I had a really rough night last night, and because of our flexible work um, schedule and and a hybrid model here at our office, instead of being here at seven or eight like I normally would be, I came in at eight thirty or nine, and nobody has to explain why. They just come in at eight thirty or nine. Um, if they want to leave early because they have a kids' function that they want to be at, our reaction is: if you're not there, then you probably didn't don't fit with our culture, and especially leaders, if we're not modeling the behaviors that we sell to our teams or expect from our teams, then they're not going to feel safe. So if I were to tell my team members, it's okay to be flexible. It's okay. Go to your child's thing, but I'm missing all of mine. I see that in organizations all the time where people say, oh, yes, we're flexible. We want you to have a life outside go ahead, but then they're not doing it themselves. Or we don't want you working at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, one in the morning, but they're sending emails. How you behave as a leader, whether formal or informal, is a reflection of what you expect from others. So your core values, what you sell, what you say, how you engage people, how you celebrate them, your actions, your nonverbals speak louder than your words and what's on. So you want to make sure that to create that safe space, that great culture, that those two are in alignment, that your nonverbals match what you're, you know, verbally saying to people. A hundred percent agree. Mary, this has been an awesome conversation. You have great insight and I'm really excited for our audience to hear it. So before we sign off, is there something that you would like to add or think that we missed in our conversation? 
You know, I the only thing that I will add is that um, I think a lot of times people will say, that's great, but that won't work in my organization because maybe I have a leader who, or I'm not the leader, or I'm not the decision maker. And the reality of it is we are all leaders, both formal or whether it's by title or not. And we have the opportunity to slowly implement things that can change the lives of our team members. And in HR, if you're an HR team member, even if you're a generalist, you can implement some of these things just in your own team. And you'd be surprised that as you start to see the positive changes that take place, other managers want want in on it, right? They want to know what you're doing. They want to know how you've started to build this really cool culture and how you've been able to retain people and what they want that too. And so you'd be surprised as an informal leader how you can change the lives internally. Additionally, I think it's so important to use analytics um, within your organization. So I share that because far too often people will find out about a sexy idea and say, we got to implement this. But if you don't have a problem to fix, then you shouldn't be focusing your energy on it. And so really understanding the data of where your organization, whether it's you have a turnover issue, um, a retention issue, maybe the issue is you're not an inclusive workforce. Um, And even within that, maybe you're focusing on race and race isn't the issue, but ages or it's a socioeconomic issue. Maybe there's disparity amongst individuals of different backgrounds. Using data to drive your decisions before you implement uh, these types of programs is, I would say, very critical to make sure that you're tackling real issues and solving real problems to help your company gain traction and take it to the next level. So true. So if people want to get to know you, what's the best way they can connect with you? Yeah. Um, Best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Um, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn um, and um, I do respond to people. So if they want to connect, they have questions about EOS, they have questions about culture um, or what we've done or want some more details about how to implement it in their own organizations, um, they can find me, Mary Dale, um, at Convivial Brands, uh, Chief Human Resources on LinkedIn. Amazing. Well, if you or anyone you know is like Mary and wants to improve the lives of employees, reach out. My email is lindsay at staffgeek.com. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening. Yeah.